0: Let's sort of start from the beginning. Tell me about the work that you've been doing in St. Louis and Ferguson since August 9th.
1: Okay. Initially, it did not start as me, you know, being an activist. Initially, I, I had gone out. And like most people in St. Louis, this has been an underlining issue with mm-hmm. race. If you've been pulled over. Either you've been harassed, you've been locked up. Um, the list goes on and on. But I could relate to the situation just being a young black man and mm-hmm. um, pulled over many times. And I have, have had binge warrants and taken to jail for traffic tickets. Mm. And it's just all too common. And I think we've gotten too comfortable with what was happening and just know that it's like second nature. Like, oh, it's a cop behind us, so let's prepare for that. And just that sinking feeling in your stomach, like, okay, what's about to happen? And that's the first thing that I thought in my head when I saw Mike shot. And then the way that it was handled poorly by Ferguson Police Department and other authorities. And at that time, media wasn't even covering it. At the time I worked at a healthcare company. I ended up losing that a couple weeks after it happened just because mentally I was not focusing. A lot of time I wasn't showing up. So I ended up losing my job because of that.
0: When you say that you weren't really focused and I, I was only in focusing for three days, but the reaction that I keep hearing people have is trauma. Can you talk about the trauma that you felt in those days when you weren't when you weren't able to make it to work, et cetera, yeah. et cetera?
1: Um, mentally like I couldn't focus at work. I was like, this is not important. Hmm. Like at what point is it okay for me to come to work and live paycheck to paycheck? When it doesn't really mean anything. Because had he had a job, does that mean he wouldn't get shot in the street? Had he had a nice car, does that mean he wouldn't get pulled over? Mm -hmm. All that's false. Mm Because this is my skin color is what matters. I just couldn't sit at work. And I couldn't have a conversation about normal stuff with people. Because I was like, are you not realizing what's happening? So I became a little defensive. Mm -hmm. Because people, I felt people weren't being aware. This is about... Our rights as human beings. There's so many things that all of us, not just me, mm-hmm. sacrificed of our normal lives to do what we're doing now. And then for other people to just be comfortable in their luxuries is very disheartening to me.
0: So, talk to me about how you formed the organization. Is it is it called mm-hmm. Millennials Action?
1: Millennial Activists United.
0: Activists United. Um,
1: okay. Was started by a bunch of us. Initially, it wasn't like we're gonna start an org. We would all hang together and protest together and eat together and talk and end up at meetings together and go to town halls and check things out. And the media, a lot of the time, would do interviews with us and be like, so what organization are you with? And we're like, we're not in an organization, (laughs) it's just us. And then people, it kept happening way too frequently and then some of us had thought about it. it was like, maybe we should, because a lot of times we go to these town halls be mostly men we'd go a lot of these meetings mostly men there wouldn't be women on the panel or there wouldn't be people younger people on the panel there would be people that have been protesting on the panel so it's like all of these voids the group that was our purpose was to fill those voids
0: i think one of the things about fighting the system is understanding what an entry point is a lot of times people will be like we need to get out there we need to do something but it's never really clear what people are doing. And so this movement really stands out to me because aside from the traditional protesting, you just see a lot of creativity and you see a lot of interconnectedness in a way. And of course the online presence of it too. Do you think that this movement is different from ones that you've seen before?
1: I think it's different in a way. Like you had talked about social media and and us documenting everything that we were seeing Mm -hmm. just because we couldn't believe it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So initially it wasn't because we wanted people to see. But then people would take account and see this and like, is that really happening? And so we continuously documented everything and and put it out there so people across the country and even the world saw what was going on.
0: What do you feel like... This activism is going to mean for you 10 years from now
1: I don't know I guess and I, I say this all the time with like so many activists I've met one it's overwhelming that I'm meeting the people that I'm meeting mm. all like everybody like it's so inspiring how involved in the work that everyone is and on different facets or different causes mm. but 10 years I, I hope to be as great as most of these people that I've been meeting. <laughs> Because they give so much great advice, too, about like self-care and just knowing when to pull away. You don't have to do this every day. Mm-hmm. The work will still be there. I hope that I can be as great mm-hmm. in 10 years.
0: So there's a, a strain, at least of the Black Lives Matter movement, that I think is really interesting, and that is that it's a primarily queer-led organizing body. Is that familiar to you? Does it? Were you surprised by that?
1: I was surprised, but it, it's awe-inspiring identifying as a gay man in St. Louis, which is a very like small, big city, and not having people to identify in that way. But to meet those people, and they're like my brothers and sisters now, it's amazing to see that people that they have no problem speaking up and standing their ground in meetings with a lot of uh, cis-hetero people, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just being on the same panels like calling people out, it's its amazing that they stay their ground, and that actually puts fire in me that I can do that as well.
0: Wow. What is keeping you all going?
1: Each other. And the fact that all these leaders and activists are coming out and supporting us in so many different ways and, and lifting us up, just having that support system. Whether it's a family or a friend or a stranger, even strangers reach out, and I met some of these people in my life, and they're like, So proud of you, Larry, and uh, the great work that all of you guys in Ferguson are doing. It's amazing, and that keeps us going. I think we are working long term, and knowing that we're working to get progression to where situations like this do not continuously happen.